What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Real Impact. I'm your host, Austin Rice. Let's get started. One, two, three, four. All right. On today's episode, we have Mr. Levi. What's going on, man? What's up, Austin? How you doing, man? Good, good. I would, uh, I would attempt your last name, but I don't want to butcher it. So you can. All right, man. My name is Levi. My last name is Shemtov. Shemtov. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say Shemtov, so I was going to be wrong anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's close enough. It's close enough. It's a Russian, Russian last okay. name. Okay. Perfect, man. So, um, you know, we met back at the, you know, the CG event. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, just kind of for those of you that don't, you know, for the listeners that don't know who you are, um, give a brief little background about, you know, who you are, your story and everything like that. And then we'll dive into the real estate side. Yeah. So first of all, thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate uh, being on here and being able to share. I myself listen to a lot of you know, different podcasts, specifically in land. I'm in the land space and uh, I learned so much from them and I, I would love to also share some whenever I have the opportunity to do that. It's, it's always a, it's always a pleasure. So my background, I, I'm from Uruguay. Originally, I was born in Uruguay, South America. My parents are from New York, and their parents are from Russia. So that's kind of a little bit of a family family background. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of like international, just jumping around. I've been um, living in the States since the age of 13, Uh, just, you know, living with cousins, grandparents, different schools, American schools. Hmm. Uh, my background business wise is I, I got into the restaurant business. I've had a restaurant for the last 10 years. I opened the restaurant when I was 23. I'm 33 today. I opened up a restaurant in Uruguay, which is seasonal. So it runs from December to March. So Hmm. every year I go, I go back there Hmm. to Uruguay, I go back home. I run this restaurant and then I come back, back to the States. I've had a, an Amazon business for the last six, seven years. And about two years ago, I, it was right at the beginning of COVID. So I would say like April, May of 2020, Mm -hmm. I was back in the States right after my, my restaurant stint for the year in Uruguay. So I came back to the States. I was in New York and my brother recommended me to take this course on land, land flipping. Mm-hmm. from a friend of his that used to have an Amazon business, but he ventured into the land land space and just built this huge um, land business. His name is uh, Paul Hirschko and his partner, Willie, Willie Goldberg. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, they have a course called the Land Investing Pros. So I, I, I bought the course, I took it, and yeah, I just started doing deals. You know, I started doing, I did my first deal. My first deal was $800. I offered the guy $700 and he's like $900. I'm like, okay, let's do 800. It's like a good deal. And I wrote up a warranty deed. Uh The course basically teaches you how to self-close and just do your own deals and not use title companies or realtors, how to like save money that way. Right. So I I wrote up the warranty deed. I literally copied every word from like the vesting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I sent, I mailed it to him with a check and he went to a notary. He, you know, he notarized it. He, he sent it back. And I'm like, all right, I, I sent it for recording. It recorded and, and it worked, you know, all of a sudden like the property's mine. And, you know, everything was like very scary at the beginning. Right. And, you know, just, I, you know, step by step, I just did every little thing that they, they said you needed to do. And until like, that, I, just wanna, I just want to touch on something. Did you say that you mailed him the warranty deed Yeah. with only your signature and a check? Yeah, so it actually doesn't have my signature, my signature because I'm the buyer. So I told him, listen, it's gonna be, it's only eight hundred dollars. It's a small yeah, deal. We're not yeah. gonna use a title company. It's not worth it. So the way we're gonna do it is, I'm going to uh, send you, I'm gonna mail you a warranty deed that you need to sign. You and your wife need to sign. And his name was Bruce. I remember his name. And you, you need to sign it with a warranty deed, uh, with a, with a notary, you could do that at, at, at your local bank, or if you right. want to have some, a mobile, I had a mobile notary go to his house. That's what it was. Uh, so that cost me like 50 bucks or something. Yeah. yeah. And then 
yeah, just sign it, just send it back to me. And in that letter, it's going to, there's going to be $800 checks. So, you know, you, you, you could try, like you. It's a lot of faith in people, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot of faith. You know, for me, it was like, oh, wow, $800. I'm risking so much money. You know, who knows what's going to happen, but you know, I just, I'm going to go for it. Yeah. And yeah, it, it, it all worked. You know, he signed it like, you know, 99.9% of people are not going to scam you $800. It's just not worth it. Right. And he, um, yeah, then I took that deed signed by him and notarized. I sent it to the county for recording with a $20, $25 check, you know, for the recording fee. And it was recorded. And then every day after that, I was like updating the website, checking to see if the deed, you know, was recorded in the county website until one day I saw it. It was recorded. I'm like, yes, you know, I'm a property yeah. owner. <laughs> I'm a property. Um, so the day it was recorded, I went ahead, I listed it on Facebook and Craigslist because that's what the course said you should do. Right. Yeah. And I got an offer like right away, like the first day off Craigslist, somebody saw like a local builder, builder. his name was Jesse. I still remember him. Yeah, my first seller, my first buyer. Um, he, he offered me $3,000 and I, I accepted. I was stoked, you know, yeah. I, made, I made great margins. And that, bucks just Yeah. 2200 bucks yeah that's and the guy yeah it was similar process he had his own title company so he was able to self-close as well with his title company he didn't charge me anything you know because it was a small deal and that's and from there from there on i was hooked so i, I basically kept mailing my my marketing method was always mailing so mailing right. so blind offers i would send an offer uh you know mass mail a whole county or whole city or whole particular area in a county and just offer a certain amount of money in the letter you know right. with the bottom people could sign so my first letter was very very generic generic and it had like the same offer for everybody regardless of size you know i was only targeting certain sizes so from like zero to half acre so i was targeting right. infill lots what we call infill lots infill lots are you know lots for those that are not familiar Infilots are lots like if you go to a neighborhood, you go to a street, you have a whole a bunch of houses built, but there's a few lots which are nothing built on them. Right. You you kind of know that it's going to be buildable. You know, it's going to have electric. It's going to probably have water. It's either going to have sewer or septic. But if there's other houses built nearby, it should be okay, right? So right. You have, it makes it makes it kind of easy on the buyer side. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. makes it easier on the buying side, and on the risks on the riskings on the risk side, and it also makes it easier on the on the comping side, right? Because right. you're you're looking at a neighborhood, so if you see lots sold for a certain amount of money, certain size, certain you know price, you could have a fair idea of what your lot is going to be sell for. So then well, you know you can see, it gives. I think it also too gives the the visual, right? You can see what you know what's going to be built, right? Yeah. Like what's what's possible to be built and all that stuff. Because I mean, you start talking about these bigger lots, like in the middle of nowhere, you know, it, it kind of it just leaves it up for imagination, right? And that's. Yeah. That's where developers come in and that's where, you know, builders yeah. come in and they have to really like start from ground zero. Whereas like with your, what you're talking about with the infill lots, you know, they're already surrounded by pre-existing houses. And so exactly. it leaves a lot less up to the imagination. You know, they, there's a lot more uh, continuity there. You know, they, they know exactly what's, what's able to be built there, what sells there. Uh, so yeah, it's smart, man, especially just starting off, you know, yep. um, so, so that's 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 the reason I, I got involved in land. Uh, yeah. you know, I always wanted to be in real estate, and um, land was the 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 gateway drug, I guess. You know, it was like the the yeah. easy way in to real estate, and I've pretty much stuck to land. I've I, I still two and a half years later, I'm I'm still doing mostly land, and mm -hmm. I'll discuss with you later. I'll tell you different things that I've uh, that I've been doing in land itself, but like my bread and butter. It's been pretty much the same from the beginning. It's been buying infill lots and selling them. Mm -hmm. I did get into, I did shift a little more to towards wholesaling. At the beginning, I was buying and then selling them. Right. As I got more into more expensive lots, you know, like in the, when I say more expensive, I mean in the mid, low, mid five figures, sometimes in this low six figures, you know, like right. on the buying side. So, you know, those lots, if I can sell them before I I'm done buying them, you know, so then I go for it, you know, then I, then I yeah. do that. So I'll, yeah, it I'll, makes more sense too. It's a lot less risk and liability on your end too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah so the, the whole, the whole selling, the whole selling play has been pretty, uh, 
pretty interesting and 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 very 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 beneficial and pretty profitable for me you know yeah. i mean i've, I've been I've, I've gotten stuck with some lots that i've not been able to sell for different reasons um i i am gonna sell them i've never lost money in a deal so i i take pride on that that especially yeah. in, in the land business you know we're talking about margins which are just non-existent in the in the in the in the regular whatever you call like houses and flipping business i mean right. sometimes i would make like a thousand percent in a deal i mean again those were more like in the lower figures on the buying side but you know the margins were always so so good that i was i was never stuck with a property that couldn't sell like right now i just have some properties which are because of the the situation right now so the the buyers kind of dried up so it's going to take a little more time right so right. then there's more risk involved you have you have more money tied up versus wholesaling which you don't have any money tied up you know and, and the downside of wholesaling is that some people don't don't understand they don't see that they say hey why not just wholesale the downside is that a lot of times a deal takes longer than 30 or 60 days to sell, right? Right. And we'll, we'll dive into that too, especially with land. Cause you know, I think, um, and we kind of, we kind of touched on this a little bit when we spoke at, at uh, CG, but like mm -hmm. land is not as common as you might think, you know, especially like in the, the wholesale world or, you know, the real estate investment world, like everybody tends to start with houses, mm -hmm. right? Like everybody usually sticks with houses. Mm -hmm. And I think the the bulk of that and the reasoning for that probably is because um, I think a lot of people don't understand land, right? Uh, because it's it's easy when you learn it, when you understand it, right? But like you were talking about with comps earlier, uh, it's a lot harder, in my opinion, to find comps for land than it is to find comps for houses. Yep. You know, and so I think because of that, it's not technically as easy and so everybody goes to houses you know and so i think that's awesome that you guys have stuck with land and like that's your bread and butter now um because i know a lot of people that like they'll start with land just because they fall into something or you know whatever the case may be and then they kind of shift into doing houses and then they just forget about the land um so that's yeah awesome. yeah i mean it's it, it's always been kind of surprising to me that you know I have so many friends on real estate and most of them do houses, you know, just what, what I call regular real estate, which is basically <laughs> everything, which is 99%, which is everything else in real estate. That's yeah, yeah. And whenever I tell them about land and they're like, Oh, that's so cool. But like, I, they never jump into, they never want to like expand their business into land because they're, you know, the, I mean, to me, land is so, so simple. And it's not just because I, I learned it. Obviously I know so much about it now that it's simple to me, but even from the beginning, it was just so simple compared to houses. I mean, the yeah. advantage is that, you know, when you when you know the real estate world and you know everything about houses and development and flipping and, you know, multifamilies and all that, there's more, I, I think you could scale more. You could, it's, it's, more, it's a more scalable business in a way. Uh, I think land is a little bit harder to scale, but it's definitely easier to do. You know, I it's almost less like, competition in land too. Yeah, yeah, there is less competition. It's almost like the difference between skiing and like snowboarding, right? They say like skiing is easier to learn, harder to master. Snowboarding is harder to learn, easier to master. So kind kind of like that, you know, like land. I mean, you, you have a lot less competition with land, but there is. And it, it is a growing industry. Like in the mm -hmm. last, it, it's nothing compared to when I started. And so I only started two and a half years ago. Right. When I started two and a half years ago, was there were some people, there were some groups. Now there's just so many like <laughs> groups and sub masterminds and courses and so many people doing it. I feel like the the competition has been like the biggest challenge for mm -hmm. me, um, which is not that big of a challenge. Like it's it's fine. You know, right. it's okay. Like the, the biggest challenge in everything. You know, yeah. business, right? Yeah, there's always going to be competition, and it's it's healthy, and it's and it's and it's it's good. It's good. Yeah. And, and competition sometimes means that you end up meeting more people, more business opportunities, more you know potential partners and stuff like that. Which is uh, and the the other challenging challenging is, thing is about it is that as opposed to like you 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 are in one market or a couple of markets at most right and you just focus on those markets for years or decades right and that's the way i understand the people that do real estate you know operate they just operate in one or two markets with right. me I've, I've been in i've done deals in six different states and like the one 
the state I'm focusing in right now, I only did one deal so far, and I've been in that state for the last two months. Um, and before that, it was a was a different state, and before that was a different one. So I'm always jumping around, like looking for different things because it's like with land, it kind of dries up. There isn't there isn't as much land. There's a lot of land out there, right? But there isn't yeah. as many like info lots as there is houses. So the opportunity right. is just not there as much. So you you, you have to constantly be innovating, you know, either a place or or your methods, right? It's right. not not so straightforward. Yeah. No, I see that, man. So let's let's kind of jump back to the beginning, right? Because mm -hmm. um, obviously your background is is probably a little bit different than a lot of people that get into, you know, real estate, right? Yeah. Um, especially like when it comes to wholesaling or land or anything like that. I think a lot of people get into it because, uh, you know, they're laid off or they're looking for, you know, a side hustle that turns full time or whatever the case may be. Um, but, you know, you had the you know, the restaurant, right. And you've got, you know, the Amazon store and everything. So what do you think it was that drove you to, you know, really want to pursue doing this? So that's a good question. I mean, I, I, I got into kind of not by mistake, mm -hmm. but I was sort of frustrated with like the Amazon e-commerce space. I still have my Amazon business. It's not as big as it used to be. It was always, you know, it was always like medium size and now it's really, really small, but I just have, you know, products that, that sell and they're kind of like an autopilot. So that's, you know, great. Right. So I kind of still have it, but you know, I, the, 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 once I found the land, the land space and the land business and how, how easy, at least for me, how easy it was and the dollar amount for ratio versus like how much time spent right? Like how much money you make per time spent was right. in, you couldn't compare it to anything else that I've, that I've known until that point. I mean, forget about the restaurant business. I mean, the restaurant, <laughs> the restaurant I mean, you just slave away to make a dollar, you know, and yeah. as the owner, right. As the owner, right. as a manager, you slave away. And in this business, I was just making so much more money for the, the amount of time that I was spending it. And I was enjoying it. Obviously right. part of the enjoyment comes from that, from like, working now working so hard for the money you know that's always enjoyable yeah but also because of like its simplicity and it's um and it's you know it's it's kind of real it's real estate yeah. it's it's real like it's land yeah. you buy land everybody lo loves to own property to you know imagine like you know that feeling that you get when you own your first property your first piece of land mm -hmm. you know that, that kind of gets you going it's like yeah. i'm a property owner now right like i own i own land you know and it's you know i sold it right away but it was like it kind of gets it drives you to do to do more and more and for me it's i i have ambitions to do more things within real estate you know for me real estate is is the industry that i think i'm going to be involved in probably for the rest of my life i i really enjoy real estate and so far i'm enjoying land so i haven't pivoted into anything else but mm -hmm. I, I do learn i'm always i'm always learning about other other parts of real estate you know on twitter or podcasts or you know masterminds yeah. i mean cg the one that you're part of the, where we met Mm -hmm. I mean, how many land guys were there? I mean, maybe four or five. Yeah, not many. Yeah, yeah. as opposed to all the yeah, house yeah. guys. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was 200 yeah. people and five. So that's like 2%. Yeah. So yeah, we were, we're, we're, we're a small group, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of, I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, always... No, I mean, it, it, that's cool, man. Cause I think, I think that, I think that's going to hit home for a lot of people. Right. Because, um, and it's not to downplay real estate, right? There's a lot of work that's involved, you know, and it's, 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 it's going to keep you busy. It's not easy. It's not, you know, it's not a get rich quick thing at all by any means. No, but to your point, right. When you look at the dollar cost average on, you know, your hourly rate or your daily rate, or, you know, however, however you want to look at, you know, your earning your earnings, right. Um, as opposed to like what you're talking about, the restaurant business, um, it's incomparable. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, the simple fact is, especially when it comes to wholesaling, like what you guys do, you know, you guys are calling people in States that you guys aren't even in. I mean, you're able to make this money by picking up a phone. Yep, exactly. Right? Yeah, was... versus, versus having to, you know, drive yeah. traffic yeah. to a store, drive, you know, be at the restaurant dealing with customers and, you know, wrong orders. And then you got people that don't show up and servers and service and all the same, all the stuff that's involved with that. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course. Look, 
the restaurant business has has taught me like so much. I mean, I've, from you know managing employees to dealing with customers. I mean, customer service is like everything in the restaurant business. Uh, you know, to product quality. You know, to dealing with you know paying the lease and just. It, I mean, it just the restaurant business is just encompasses so much of like you know abilities of a, that a person has which uh, I'm very grateful for, for that experience. I mean, I've had it for 10 years. Uh, this, this is just like a different, different thing completely. I mean, the, the land space specifically within real estate really allows a person to work from home on, on a different level. I mean, it's mm -hmm. just, I, I, I've been completely remote. I mean, I live in Miami. I started this business when I was in New York. I live in Miami. I have not touched a piece of real estate in New York or Miami, you know, most right. of my deals come from like Texas, other parts of Florida, mm -hmm. Arkansas, Arizona, Tennessee, you know, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia. Um, you know, those those are the you know states that I've been around and I've dabbled a little bit in California. Uh, you know, so like and it's all from here. And I could do this if I would be sitting in a you know, in a beach in Fiji, I'll be able to do this. I mean, I know I I know that like remote work remote businesses are, are romanticized a lot like right. you know you can do this from anywhere but this is really that like you could really do this from anywhere you don't have to it's land you don't have to go see it i, I have, haven't seen probably 70 80 percent of the of the lands that i bought and sold right. um, some of those i did you know people ask me like do you go see the land do you ever go see it and i used to do it more and i probably should do it more uh but i you know, you, you really don't have to. Like for me, it has helped me in the past where I've done a few deals in a certain area and then I've decided to go there for different reasons to go check the property. And then I ended up doing, I always ended up doing more deals in that area once I went and I saw it, I was there physically. Right. And the reason for that is, and I, this is going to touch upon another subject I want to talk, uh, want to talk about is, you know, how do I sell the properties, right? So like the, the course talks about, the, the first course I took, which was my like the first stepping stone, I already evolved, you know, into different things and diff I right. implemented different methods. I don't do exactly what, what the course did, you know, what, what I learned at the beginning. But now, one of the things that they, they taught at the beginning was to not use realtors because that way you save on commission, right? Which because we're selling such cheap properties. So like, you know, save commission, don't don't be a realtor, sell by yourself, blah, blah. And then I discovered that, you know, especially on, on the on the higher price properties, you do want to use realtors, you know, because you leveraging right. realtors, you know, pay the commission, you know, who cares? Like they're, you know, realtor, a local realtor is just invaluable if it's a good one, right? A bad one is not good, but a good one is just, you can't put a price tag on that. I mean, they, they have buyers lists, they're going to promote your property, they're going to, you know, they're going to make sure you, you're going to price it right, you're going to list at the right price. So if you find a local realtor in a space in an area where you're doing uh, deals that is going to be on your team is going to is willing to work with you for sure like you know you want to go you go for that you know and that, yeah. that has really helped me you know grow tremendously because you know like i i got in touch with like local realtors and they recommended other properties other areas to look into and that just added so much value to my business i think that's also super important especially for land right mm -hmm. because yep. They're, you know, look, especially with like the way you do it, right? You're, you're in different markets all the time. You know, mm -hmm. you're kind of jumping from market place to place and stuff like that. But, you know, when you find a realtor like that, that's, you know, connected and that's willing to, you know, help you out they're there, they know who's looking for land. Yeah. Right. They've got yep. buyers or, or they've got other realtors that they know, like they've got connections and they know who's looking for something that you've got. Right. Mm -hmm. Versus if you just blast it out to a buyer's list. You know, you're not going to know who's looking for it. You know, you post it up on Facebook, you're going to get 30 wholesalers looking at you, you know, trying to get you to send it to them. Um, you yeah. know, so I think that's a huge, a huge, you know, takeaway and, you know, a little nugget there is like with land, especially like utilize the people that are specialists in their market. Yeah, it's it's I I'm going to add that it's not easy to find a realtor that specializes in land. I mean, there's ways to find them by using like Zillow, looking at recent sales and, you know, looking at who sold it. But 
there aren't many realtors that specialize only in land, you know, and right. you don't necessarily have to go after the realtors that do only land, but you do definitely want to be in touch with a realtor that has done at least some land deals in the last year, right? Because right. every let's realtor- talk about, Let's talk about why though, right? Because I think that's a big, a big key takeaway too, is like, why do we need to, t- why do we need to work with someone who is a specialist in land, right? Because what's the difference between the process of like due diligence and closing on a piece of land versus a house, right? Like a house, they just have to go look at it, do an inspection and they're pretty much good, right? They account for their rehab costs. They know what the ARV is, you know, and everything. So like, they're pretty much good once they go walk it. So with land, what's kind of like the process of like due diligence and like, what are buyers looking for whenever they're walking properties or what are you looking for? Right. Okay. So there's, there's two parts to that question. So I, I guess I'll, an, I'll answer the first part, which is what's the difference of with land and a house and like, what are, what does a person look out for when they're looking at land? So what, what, what do you want to look out for when you, when you're buying land as a buyer, or if I'm going to buy land, I'm not going to wholesale, I'm going to actually buy and put money into it. The main things I want to look at are utilities. Like I want to know if it has electric access or how much it's going to cost to bring in electric. But usually you want to make sure that there's electric access, like electric poles. You can see that on Google Maps. Right. Um, you want to make sure that there is water, right? That there's city water available mm-hmm. or that you could dig a well easily and not pay a ton of money to get that. Right. And that there's sewer. And if it's not a sewer, which is... If there's no sewer available, which I don't know the number, but a big, big percentage, I would say most of the properties in the United States don't have sewer, right? Mm-hmm. So what they have is called a septic system. For to install a septic system in a property, the property needs to go through a percolation test. We call them a perk test. A perk test is not to bore you with the details, but in summary, they, the, a, per, a perk test company comes and they test the soil mm-hmm. and they do a soil test. It's also called a soil test. And they check to see how how good the soil drains water. And based on that, they could tell you if you could put a two-bedroom, two-bath, if you could put a three-bedroom, three-bath, how many bathrooms you could put on, basically, in the property. Gotcha. So every property is going to perk for something, most properties. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard for a property not to perk at all. But sometimes you have this big lot, which is like half acre. And technically, by the size, you think, hey, I could for sure put a th- three-bedroom here because I see the house next door is three bedrooms. You know, and it's on the same size lot as mine. Uh, but you're gonna if it needs a um, a septic system, you need to do a percolation test because a percolation perk test could come back and show you they can only put a one bedroom, one bath, mm. right? And temp of three. Yeah. That that devalues your property a lot, right? You know, by, by a ton. So that's that. I would say is the main concern. Obviously, topography. Like if the lot is on the side of a mountain, completely on a cliff, like right. it's probably worthless you know you could be in the best you know the best area in the world but i mean you're not going to be able to build anything on it you know so you want to just make see basic topography which these are all things that you can see online you can see online you can see it beforehand so those are things i do before i before i close on a property you know i check i check these basic things and once once those things are, are clear i just you know i use a title company the title company so i don't run into any title issues i mean i've had stories you know where i bought property self-closed and the properties had title issues you know i ended up buying a portfolio from a guy 10 properties from this dude and he had i bought them for very very cheap you know i bought them for six hundred dollars each six thousand dollars for 10 wow. in arkansas you know it was like wow. at the beginning when i was doing these cheap lots and then i started selling them with a realtor and you know within three days we sold the first one for like i don't know four or five thousand it was great you know it was mm-hmm very excited. And then a few days later, she calls me back. She's like, you know, the, the title company came back showing that there's been a type, there's a title issue. You know, these properties were all bought at a tax sale. And that's where I learned oh, the hard way yeah. about, about tax sales, this was <laughs> about, about tax sales. Well, you know, every yeah. state is different. So tax sales, you know, that word can mean a lot of things in different states, but in, the, in, in Arkansas, what it means is that you can buy people didn't pay their taxes on these properties especially these cheap ones because they didn't just care about them anymore. So they just stopped paying taxes. The city took them away and then sold them at a tax for pennies, right? Just to pay, just to collect taxes on land, which by the way are very cheap, right? Mm-hmm. Land. 
unimproved lots are have, have very low taxes. And this guy bought these, he bought like like hundreds of properties from a tax sale. And in Arkansas, you have to wait seven years before those properties could sell with no with a with a clear title. Until mm. that, what you got to do is you got to go through, you know, uh, uh, you got to clean the title. So you either right. get a quick claim or a quiet title. And anyway, I freaked out at the beginning. As soon as I heard it, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I, I <laughs> I'm done. Property. This is it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm financially ruined forever. I lost six <laughs> like, uh, I was like, no, I was pretty devastated because I was excited. I was looking forward to all that money I was going to make from all these deals, you know. And I was right. like, in the end, it, it actually worked out because I, I got a... A lawyer to fix fix lots through a quick claim or or no he did a quiet title so it took like two months it cost me like a thousand dollars per lot right. he fixed them up and then i was able to sell them and i actually made good good money on, on those lots so you know yeah, I, I more, more than the lot actually cost you <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um it's I, I call that a task task fail successfully you know yeah and that's 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 another thing i want to touch on is you know it's it applies to everything that's in to every entrepreneur and about any kind of business. If you want to succeed in, in this, in this business, in the land space at the beginning, it's really, uh, it, it can look very tedious and it can look kind of like a huge mountain to climb and so many things. And there's so many terms and you don't know what you're doing and you're always scared of what you're going to step into. But my, my advice, which is the advice I got from, the people that told me how to do this at the beginning mm -hmm. is you just got to lean into it. You just got to lean into the, you know, the hard things and, and the things that look hard, just, just leaning into them, just do them every day, do a little bit until you get your first deal done. And then once you do that, even if it wasn't for that much money, but once you do one deal, it, you're just, it's just going to take off because you're just going to learn. And repeat. Yeah. Yeah. Rinse and repeat. But you just, but you, you have to do the work. You have to actually, mm -hmm do the work like if you have to write up a warranty deed and you didn't even know you never heard the, the word warranty deed before right and now they're telling you well you got to write up this warranty deed if you want to self-close so then you know google it ask yeah. you know find out how to do that and just do it you know it looks impossible but you just got to do these little things and that's that's the way you just get things done and then you are going to fail you are going to make mistakes but you know like so sometimes these, these mistakes are not that costly and sometimes these mistakes actually lead to bigger deals or better deals. You're going to end up making more money than you realize. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, one of the, one of the biggest deals that we've ever done was a deal that we got under contract with the guy, went to title, massive title issues that we weren't able to clear. Um, and then the guy was like, well, I'll just move into this house and sell you my other one. And he did. Moved into that house and ended up getting, we ended up getting his other house under contract for the same amount. The guy, and it was a completely different house, completely different neighborhood. Like we, the house we had originally had under contract was like, kind of like in the hood, like, you know, was like a little, like three bed, one bath, you know, like 1100 square feet, not in a neighborhood, just off of a, you know, just off of a road. Um, and had like a huge, like vendors lean, um had some uh child support liens on it like had all i mean just a laundry list of liens on it mm -hmm. um and his liens actually were worth more than what the property was worth um and so the house that he ended up getting us like we ended up actually getting under contract with him and actually wholesaled it was a nice four bed two bath like two thousand square foot in a neighborhood and was probably worth two and a half almost three times what the other one was worth. Wow. Uh, we had no idea it even existed. Right. And right. Uh, at the time, you know, we had a buyer lined up for the other property. We we're going to make like 25 grand on it on an assignment fee. Um, and whenever we got the laundry list of, you know, title issues, I was pissed. Right. I was like, God bless. Like, this is such a good deal. And we're just going to lose it completely out of our control. Um, and, uh, and, you know, we just went to the guy and we're just honest with him and told him what was going on. And was, and I, I just asked him straight up. I was like, Hey man, what solutions do you have? You know, I get, I left it up to him. I was like, Hey, what solutions do you have? Mm -hmm. As, you're either going to, you know, lose this house or, you know what? And, uh, so yeah, long story short, he ended, he ended up selling us his other house for what he owed on the liens. 
on the other on the original. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, back to your point. Like that was task sale, failed successfully, you know. Yeah, task failed successfully. Yeah, I think I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a t-shirt like that. I'm gonna make it yeah. I'm gonna make more money with the t-shirts than with land. There you um, go, man. So with the with the land stuff, man. So what you know, because I think obviously with with houses, right? Everybody knows, you know, how to market the houses. You know, there's no secret, you know, you cold call and PPC and all that fun stuff. So what are you guys doing as far as marketing? You know, you told me what you guys were doing in the, originally, right? You were sending out the the mailers with the offers and stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know, mailing people checks. Um, you know, so what are you guys doing now? Obviously, you know, you're two and a half years in, um, you know, things have evolved now. So what's what's marketing look like now? So at the beginning, I was sending blind offers. And blind offers means that you're putting in an offer, an actual offer in the letter. Then I pivoted more to neutral letters. For a while, I was doing neutral letters, but it was only mail. I was doing only mail. No cold calling, nothing else. And I got my other brother because the brother got me into the course. He doesn't do real estate. He's, he's still in the Amazon space. But I got my younger brother, my other younger brother to get into the, the land space about a year ago. And he, he, he went right into it. He started doing really well. And he discovered that texting works really well with land as well. Because, you know, we, we, were, we used to discuss, you know, different... He didn't partner with me. He had his own, his own thing going on. And he was tinkering and trying different things. And, you know, we, we, at some point we were discussing about, you know, maybe texting and he got into it. He got, you know, an account on, was it like Lee Sherpa, I think. And he started like texting out and he started getting deals. So then I jumped into that bandwagon and I was like, Hey, let me, let me try texting my, my thing. And I started texting, you know, even markets that I was involved in in the past. And I started getting some deals, you know, that way. And I, I have to say this year, I probably did more texting than I did letters. Like, because I mean, so texting is super, super powerful and it's really, really effective. You know, the downside that, I mean, the, the, the advantages over, over letters is that you get instant responses, right? You're, you're talking to people right away. It's in their, like the, the person has a phone, he's texting his mom and he gets a text from me like, Hey, I want to offer you, I want to buy your property, you know? So then you're, you're in his head. You're like, you write right. the letters, like it comes, it goes to spam, like who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, and if someone's responding to you in text, you, you, you have, them, right. You, you, mm-hmm. you already have that connection. Like you have a, you have a lead. Instantly. Right. The main disadvantage I would say is that when you get a list that you're texting, probably 30 to 35% of those numbers are real. So like you're getting this whole list from the, from the county or wherever you're getting your list from a good 60, 65 up to 70% of those people are not, are not getting your, your market. You're not, you're not reaching them. So you, you still have to mail if you want to have a chance of reaching everybody in that city, you know, if it's right. that important to you, um, you know, with texting, I guess if you want to do an, if you want to implement only an only texting strategy, just know that you're missing out on 70% of your lists. You know, you just have to move to more, more places, you know, again and again and again. So my strategy right now is sort of like hybrid. So I'll first text a, a spot that I'm interested in. And if it works out well, if it's got decent amount of leads and deals, so then I'll mail to make sure I get the rest of the list. Kind of like a one-two punch. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of one-two punch. And then, if it goes well with the letters, maybe I'll mail again, you mm-hmm. know, different kinds of letters, you know, so it's, um, I mean, I, I, I get letters all the time, you know, I get yeah. letters all the time and I get texts, you know, it's like, cause I, I, I still own property, right? So I get letters all the time, but I, I've, I've noticed a, a big, big slowdown in the last two months. I have not gotten any letters and I've mm-hmm. gotten very, very few letters. I used to get like a few a week and I'll get like <laughs> maybe one a week for my, for my properties. Yeah. Um, and that's that's kind of how I know that the competition got very fierce in the last year. Mm-hmm. It slowed down the last couple of months, but in the last year, year and a half, I was getting so many letters. I'm like, I'm never gonna make money in this industry again. I mean, everybody's, you know, <laughs> either offering less than me and making more money, or offering more than me and just taking away all my all my deals, all my sellers. Uh, but you know, it's 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 fine. It's 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 not like that. You know, it's 
if, if you're good at what you do and you, and you do it right, you know, and you're a straight shooter, you know, mm-hmm. sellers, at the end, it's all about building rapport with sellers and them trusting you and you trusting them. And it's hard for someone to trust if you're not, if you're not doing things, in, you know, if you're not being straight. So if yeah. I, I always tell people, if you're, if you're straight and you're honest and you're clear with your intentions, you're going to get, you know, deals and you get, you're going to get the good deals, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think people, people can sniff out when people are, you know, bullshitting them. Right. Yeah. I mean, especially when it comes to, you know, whole, trying to wholesale something or whatever, like people can sniff it out. Right. Yeah. People, people, people think they're slick and people think they're sly, but you know, at the end of the day, like people sniff out bullshit. And that's just, you know, everybody kind of has that radar, right? Mm-hmm. Some, you know, some are better than others. Um, but everybody's got that radar, you know? Yeah. And I think that's, you know, like what you said, like, just, you know, be straightforward about what you're doing, what your intentions are and everything like that. And it's really going to pay off. Um, yeah. I mean, that's how, that's how we run our, you know, on, on our side, you know, with the, with the houses and everything like that, you know, we're, we're up front with people and just let them know what's going on. Um yeah, and that's why that's why it's sometimes easier to, you know, if you don't want to have the conversation with the seller and or you're afraid that you're gonna lose that deal, so then it's better to just you know buy it outright, you know, and then just sell it, so you don't have to deal with you know with that with that with that part of the of the deal, um, you know. But just know that then you're you know you're risking you're putting in your money. But usually when you when we go into these deals in the land space, we look for hundred percent margin. You know, that's kind of like we're, we're looking at the beginning. I was offering 30 cents on the dollar for properties. And I was getting my offers accepted because it was a lot less competition, you know, it was COVID, you know, people were just selling their stuff. So it was, it was good times, you know, for me at least, right. Um, you know, but then, then those offers had to come up a little more to like maybe 40, 50 cents on the dollar and less offers get accepted even then. Uh, but usually we look for that, for that, for that margin. We look for hundred percent, eighty percent, like at a minimum. Now, are you, you saying know, forty, like thirty, forty cents on the dollar, like compared to like the assessed value? Compared to how much my assessed value, to how much I think I can sell it for, right? So, okay. uh, you know, it kind of changed a little bit for me. At the beginning, it was more about like the margin, the number, the percentage, right? How much, how much, what percentage can I sell it for more? Right. Well, also too, you're coming from the Amazon space, right? So like. Yeah. E-commerce space, it's all about the percent, you know, net margin, right? Mm-hmm. And then and and then I realized that the margins were so ridiculous that it didn't really matter. Like it, <laughs> it was either like sometimes it was seven hundred percent, sometimes six hundred percent. Like I wasn't not gonna do a deal because it was only five hundred percent. Like right, yeah. <laughs> it was, and then it's like, well, it all depends. It's all it all depends on the market. For me now, it's it's like there's like a hard number that I need to make minimum on a deal. That's really right. what it's about, especially because I'm wholesaling. So it doesn't really matter how much I'm buying, selling for. It what matters is what my assignment fee is going to be, right? So yeah. if I'm not going to make, you know, fifteen thousand, sometimes like I'll go with ten thousand dollars. I'm not going to really work in that lead. I I I could spend my time better on a deal that is going to give me that, right? If I'm right. only going to make three, four, five thousand, it's really not worth you know the hassle so like even if a property let's say is worth it you know the guy the seller wants sixty thousand, right but i could sell it for 75 or let's say 80 and then after closing costs i'm making 15 so then it's good you know i'll go for it you know i'll definitely go for that you know why not that's a nice deal that's a decent deal um i usually try to aim for more but like if it's up to like 10 15 that's that's still a decent deal for me if it's a wholesale, right? Because then it's yeah. like I'm not putting any money down, and then then the margin doesn't really matter anymore. It's all about like right. how much cash can I make. And I think that's important too, man. Because even even you know even aside from like the land side, even on the you know the house side, um, a lot of people from different businesses that I think get into this look at it the same way you're talking about, where it's like the percent margin, right? Um, versus like when you're wholesaling, you can't really do that. Like you can, but to be, you know, really successful, like you really got to look at, like you said, like you got to kind of have that hard number, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, because that 15K could be 50% margin on some deals, could be 10% margin on some deals. Yeah. But yeah. you're still walking away with 15K regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know? exactly. Exactly. So it's, um, I mean, obviously if like a seller wants, you know, half a million dollars and I could sell it for like $515,000. I'm not going to do it. You know, it's just, that's just like, you know, it's just too much, you know, it's too much money on the line. It's the margin is really, really, really small there. Right. Especially because 
when you consider closing costs and commissions on such a big deal, it's mm -hmm. really going to eat up completely into your profits. You know, it's like not, it's really not worth it, but like in these smaller deals. So then, yeah, so that's kind of what I look out for, out for more. Right. And now I'm getting into a different, a completely different space within the land business. Um, you know, wholesale is, 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 is nice. It's clean. It's good money. But, you know, I, I, I want to make more money per deal rather than make a lot of small deals and make the same amount of money. So I've heard this quote in a, on a different episode on a different podcast somewhere else. I don't remember where, but, you know, the guy was saying how there's many ways how to make a dollar, right? Like you can make a dollar by getting 100 pennies or you can make a dollar by having, you know, three quarters and like five nickels or you can have a dollar, right? right? So I'm trying to make a dollar by getting a dollar, not by making right. 100 pennies. And this is something which is becoming a little more popular now, which is this, the subdivision and entitlement uh, space within the land thing, mm -hmm. which basically means that you take a piece of land, especially a big piece of land, you know, 10 acres plus, and you either you either do like a minor subdivision, you can do a major subdivision. Um, I'm not going to bore you with the details, but there's different, you know, aspects of it and there's different mm -hmm. ways you could do that. But the general term is that you take one lot and you divide it into three or four or five or a hundred, right? right? So what that does is, you know, before we're, before I would have to buy 10 lots from 10 different sellers and sell it to 10 different buyers. So that's 10 different deals. Now I have one seller, right? I do the work and then I get to have 10 different buyers, right? So I, right. I, I minimize my work in half in regards to like, you know, yeah. dealing with like sellers and buyers. I still have to deal with 10 buyers. And there's another play you can do there within the subdivision where you can sell the whole thing to one, let's say, builder, the one that needs, needs a subdivided or he needs it entitled, which is different than subdividing, but it's basically where you plan it out and map out how it could be subdivided for a builder to come in and just, you know, it's all ready for building. Right. Um, so that's, that's, that, that requires a different kind of work, um, different kind of investment, different kind of timeline, but it's, they, they all they all take at least you know between six months to eighteen months you know to to get it done, so it's a longer play and takes a longer time and it, there's a lot more money involved in getting it ready right to, right engineering and surveys and stuff like that, but it's definitely more attractive to me for with what I want to do now it's um yeah so I'm I'm working on not one right now and it's it's it involves all these things and it's uh it's it's super interesting. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I think that's a that's a good evolution for the land, right? Because that's now you're starting to get into the development space and you know and things like that. And so um, that's where, like, what we're talking about, you're maximizing your profit per deal. Exactly, and also it it also feels it feels more like we're I'm adding value. You know, like right. it actually feels like one of the things that attracted me to real estate is, is that, you know, you're adding value. Like you, you, you build a house and now someone lives in it, you know, you're actually doing something, you know, versus well with the restaurant business also you're feeding people, right? It's right. temporary, but it's, you're, you're, you're doing something uh, with like wholesaling land. I, I, I believe, you know, some people don't, you know, it, it, it could be a little controversial, right? You, you know, yourself, you know, the wholesaling space in general, you know, some people don't like that, right? Because it's right. like, but I, 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 I see the value. Maybe I'm a little biased because I'm a wholesaler. I've been a wholesaler myself. But I think the value that we bring to the market, houses or land, is that we're bringing these properties which are off market. What, they could be sitting there for 100 years and not doing anything, right? They could just be sitting there with not, not in the market. And you, we're bringing this liquidity, so to speak, like more supply to the market, which the market right. needs supply, right? Yeah. So we're just part of the ecosystem and we're just moving the, the waters around and we're bringing in liquidity so to speak um so i i think there is a lot of value there but like with this thing where you're subdividing land and you're getting you ready for building this is an actual this is an actual how do you say it like you're you're actually value adding right yeah you're actually adding value to 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 the project and the beauty of it is one of the, the main things about it is that you're you can buy properties for at market value so you don't necessarily have to find these deals right these like mispriced deals or these like super motivated sellers that are willing to just take cash off for right now for 60 percent, right you can right. actually pay market value because and then you're going to take this property and you're going to add so much value to it everybody wins right the seller just doesn't want to go through that so he sells it to your market value he makes the full market price right mm -hmm. 
and you're subdividing, you're selling it to a builder that's willing to pay, right? That amount because you subdivided for him, right? And you're just putting in the work. So yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, sweet, man. Levi, we're coming up on our time here, man. So what's, um, you know, what's the last little thing you want to leave the audience with? And then we'll sign off, man. Uh, I'll, I'll leave you with a quote from Bojack Horseman. If you, if you watch that show and it's got a lot of, a lot of, um, livable quotes. And one of the ones that he has is he, he's running, he starts running that day. He decides he wants to go jogging to get into shape and he, he falls down, he's out of breath. And then this, uh, monkey comes over to him. It's like master, uh, sage monkey and he looks at him and he's like if you want to get through you're going to get through this you're going to be able to you know be able to be a, a jogger and a runner but you have to do it every single day like it doesn't matter how much but you have to do every single day you have to do a little bit i know that sounds very cliche and you know you probably heard this a million times but it's but it's true it's true like if you do something every single day without without fail even if it's just a little five minutes or ten minutes of work it just gets you into that that zone, and then you you have a different respect for yourself, right? Then you view yourself like if you're gonna get into the land space, if you do it every day, you're gonna start looking at yourself as a land guy. I'm a land guy. I'm I'm a real estate because I do this every single day. Whereas right. if you do like ten hours, you know, one day, but then you don't do it for two weeks, you're just gonna lose steam because then you just yeah. You know. Love it, man. Love it, man. Well, Levi, I appreciate you hopping on today, man, and. And sharing some value with everybody about land. And I think it's a, a, a super underrepresented, you know, space. So um, appreciate it, man. Yeah. And if anybody wants, uh, anyone has any questions, feel free to contact me at, uh, you can put it in the notes. That's it. Yeah. That's my Instagram. There you go. Awesome, man. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll put Levi's contact information for his in Instagram and everything in the notes and in the, in the uh, description here. So, uh, yeah, if you guys got any value out of this today, you know, be sure to like, subscribe, share the episode. Uh, Levi, I appreciate you, man. And that's all for today. Thank you so much for having me. Take care, Austin. Take care. Bye-bye.